0: Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics and on this podcast we have honest, raw, explicit, yet wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find our entire body of work, There's over 460 podcasts for you to choose from with a little help from our sex index where we've sorted some of our most popular episodes by topic and you can check out our online courses ready for you when you are ready to level up your erotic skills with us Our online courses have stroke by stroke guidance in erotic massage and erotic touch for every inch of the human body. We have beautiful courses on spanking and kink for when you are ready to explore that realm safely and with our guidance and step by step. Um, Our online courses are lifetime access, but also with a 30-day guarantee so you can explore risk-free and step into our global community of over 15,000 erotic explorers, which just blows my mind. And I'm so grateful for all of you who join us episode after episode to continue this conversation about what is possible for us as human beings. What's possible sexually and orgasmically, but also relationally and in how we care for and love one another. And today's topic is one of those things we've been talking about this since the very beginning as pleasure mechanics in 2006, because it's something we really learned in our massage training and in our sexological bodywork training. And we wanted to resurface it again today because it's one of these brain rearrangements. (laughs) One of these kind of like rearranging the furniture in our mind that can change so much in and out of the bedroom, Mm -hmm. right? Like so much of what we do here at Pleasure Mechanics, this hopefully will change how you touch and how you fuck one another, how you have sex, but also just how you treat one another and yourself ultimately. And so today, we're going to encourage you to break the golden rule.
1: It's such an interesting idea, because we've been taught since we were children to always treat other people as you'd like to be treated.
0: The golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? You recite this in like all sorts of settings, and we adopt it as a mindset, Right. It's something that
1: we just think of as this is the way that we should treat each other. And so it's a really integrated idea, I think, for a lot of us. And so it's a little bit challenging to think about why would we possibly be suggesting to break that and to not treat others as you would wish to be treated. Mm
0: -mm. And how this can actually be an erotic disaster. We were just looking Mm -mm. at a YouTube video we made about this very subject probably 15, 16 years ago. And I said, the golden rule is an erotic disaster. And I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that because what we noticed in massage training, what we noticed in sexological bodywork training, what we noticed in talking to people about their sex lives, is that so many people will apply the golden rule and touch people how they want to be touched.
1: Which is sometimes so different than the receiver's (laughs) body, what the receiver's body wants.
0: Almost always going to be different. And the thing is, this pattern stands in for two things. We do this both as an assumption about what other people will like and as a way of not asking for what we want and need. And that equation adds up to a lot of really unsatisfying touch and affection And I was reminded to do this episode, because after our last episode on touch hunger, we got a lot of response that like, yeah, I want to be touched, but the kind of touch I'm getting offered, I don't really like. And this happens, like you can be in a relationship being touched, and the touch is not that satisfying. And this is where we have to remember that all of us want and need different things as humans. Human variation is part of being human, and it's time we adopt our mentality to accept this and even encourage it. And this is touch and sex, but across the sensory spectrum, intellectually, emotionally, relationally, we talk about the spectrums of sexuality and how we can all move along these spectrums along our lifetime right we're changeable erotic beings but if we just go into the microcosm of touch and how one how we want to be touched what feels satisfying and good what we like that is such a range and so if we apply the golden rule and touch people how we want to be touched we almost inevitably are going to get it wrong And we're not asking out loud for what we want. And so two people will apply this back and forth and neither of them are getting satisfied. It happens all the time. And I'd watch this happen like as a massage teacher, right? I'm going around the room and you see the disconnect on the massage table and you take a moment and check in and you say, for example, like, you know, does this person you're touching want the kind of pressure you're offering And as soon as they have that verbal check in about what is actually wanted, you see that uh, you see the sinking in Mm. the body actually receiving the touch because it's what they want. So this is speed of touch, depth of touch, the pressure, the temperature of touch, the texture of the touch, but also like the emotional energy of the touch. Mm all of those are factors that we have to kind of navigate and tune into the specific hunger appetite of the person we're touching. And we don't get there by applying the golden rule. And it turns out if we zoom out, this is not just true in touch. It's true in almost all of our relational aspects. And it's time we stop the golden rule as this ethic of, of sameness right because i think that's the way it's been codified is like we all want the same thing damn it when no we all want different things and so how do we replace it with an ethic of generosity and mutuality that relies on variance that celebrates that
1: well i think we can all share certain values like we want to be respected can we though? We can share some values of we want to experience connection, love, pleasure, respect, consent. And then on top of that, we all have really specific expressions and desires of how we want to experience that. So I feel like we can re- reframe this idea in this way that, like, yes, there are some sort of shared values, but what we want to experience and what we need to experience can be wildly different.
0: And the realm of food teaches us a lot about this, mm. right? Um, We all know we need sustenance, we need food, but the kind of food we like, how we like our food, the pace we like our food, the time we like our food,
1: how it makes us feel is wildly different.
0: And if we just try to feed someone our favorite meal constantly, that's not going to work. And we inherently kind of understand that. And so how do we apply mutuality when it comes to generosity around feeding one another, both food and touch and love, right, and connection? um and really get curious instead of insistent right and there's this insistence behind this pattern that i notice like you know if someone tells you they don't like butter you can almost become indignant like what do you mean you don't like butter or chocolate or ice cream right if you really like something it's very hard to understand how someone else wouldn't like it and it can almost feel personal Instead of really celebrating that you like it and getting curious, like what is it about butter that you don't enjoy? And what do you enjoy instead? Like, what do you put on your toast?
1: Well, it can feel, um, we can feel indignant partly because it feels like that feels wrong to you. And so there can be judgment in there, but like partly what you're getting is information about what you want.
0: Right. Or do you think part of the flair is like, I don't want to take away from me. Right. Like don't judge chocolate because I really like chocolate before breakfast every day. <laughs> Shout out to breakfast dessert. <laughs> this is Charlotte's favorite. I like to have my chocolate right after breakfast. It's the perfect moment for dessert. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I actually like chocolate before breakfast sometimes, <laughs> like as my first bite of the day. Um, and so as a chocolate friendly household, as someone, you know, if someone came in and didn't like chocolate, we wouldn't try to feed them chocolate. We would eat it and we would insist that we provide them berries or graham crackers or whatever the dessert of their preference was. And this is harder to do with touch, partly because we don't have a vocabulary for it. We don't have a whole range of offerings and so we tend to insist on the one thing we know we like And limit ourselves, limit the kinds of touch we offer one another, and never even bother to have the conversation of asking one another, what kind of touch you enjoy. And these are the kind of emails that I love getting from people in our couples massage course, for example, like, I'm thinking about this one email recently. That was like, as soon as she saw the stroke, she knew she wanted it. She pointed to the screen and said, That, that, try that. I did. And she was sighing with relief in seconds. Mm. And like that kind of sentiment that comes into our inbox is like, fuck, yes. (laughs) Because to be able to point to something and say, I wanna eat that. Mm. I wanted to experience that kind of touch. Like we need to almost see and have permission to want and then to be able to name that want and get what we want. Yeah, there's so many stages in there that you just talked about. It's being able to see and know
1: that it's a possibility to experience the kind of touch that you want. Be able to then articulate and ask for it. Um, And for the person to know how to do it. This is why we're like positively obsessed with sharing the vocabulary of touch with you. Because it's what makes so much possible. It makes so much pleasure and communication and nuance and specificity available Mm -hmm. to you and to your partnerships. And that opens up so much pleasure.
0: So instead of the golden rule, instead of the simplicity of just do unto others what they would have done to you, and then you're both doing that back and forth in a loop of dissatisfaction, we replace that with curiosity and range of possibilities, right? Um, We start asking one another, like, how do you like to be touched? Does this feel good or does that feel better? I'm going to gradually deepen my pressure, say when. Right. When we have these techniques available to us, we can start exploring one another's bodies and our own bodies. Like we don't always know what we want and but often we know what we don't want and aversions are real and they're real in food, just like they're real in touch. And we need to take our aversions seriously as information mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're broken. Like I really don't like light feathery touch. I feel very averse to it. This has been my whole life. It's just how I like am wired, I think. But then I can find conditions upon which I can receive lighter touch, right? I start getting really curious about my body and I'm like, oh, if this set of conditions is true, lighter touch can feel a little good, right? Just like I don't really like anchovies, but as a tiny ingredient in a sauce, I can deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Someone else might be devouring anchovies out of the can as a protein, like, no, thank you. No way. Right. And we can get curious and compassionate about our aversions, our interests, our desires, our needs. Right. That whole spectrum of like, I like it too. I want it. I need it. Please give it to me now. <laughs> right. Because there's some kinds of touch that are sustaining, nurturing touch though if we could, we'd have them every day. Mm. Mm. Right. And there's other kinds of touch that's like once in a while as a garnish. Sure. <laughs>
1: And I think with a parallel with food, we can look at that with less judgment. And because of the nature of sex and eroticism, we layer so many judgments and thoughts on top of our assessment of our noticing of our aversions or desires, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can try to unpair them or unpack those and just notice where the aversions are and not make it mean something and notice where the desires and longings are, not make it mean something and then see if you can... Learn how to speak about them or communicate Mm. about them and about what you would like more of, Mm. which sensations feel good to you. Mm. Could you, would you like a little more pressure? Would you like a little more touch in a certain area of your body? All of those conversations Mm -hmm. that help someone learn the specificity of your particular body and pleasures. You are doing somebody a favor. You're offering them a gift by giving them more information And the more you pay attention, solo, or when you're in in, with a lover, the more information you can give them. And it's this like positive feedback loop of learning both of you learning your own body and sharing so that people can give you the kind of experience you want more of.
0: And we all want to love each other the best we can. right? When we have a guest over for dinner we want them to be happy. We We want want to to... make
1: a meal that they really want to eat and then they're not allergic to and that will make their body feel good and make their senses be delighted.
0: Right, right. And have the right music on and you know, all of that lighting and the heat We really like doing right by one another (laughs) as humans. It's a delight for all of us. And we the more we can share about what we know about ourselves. Yeah. the better we can love each other and it as you beautifully said this positive feedback loop happens and like we have spreadsheets to keep track of what our friends like to eat and don't like like yeah. there's some ways that we do have to track this for one another but ultimately it's about communicating and being able to say so in the moment and you know like I have a new lover in my life and I'm having to Um, And they're saying like, please show me and teach me how to touch you and make love to you. Like I want to know. And so this process that's very active all the time, we still do it almost 20 years into our our, our erotic connection, you and me, Charlotte, like this constant calibration of like this, Mm -hmm. like this. And that's a beautiful offering to constantly come back to of like, what now my love Mm -hmm. like this. And as we said, this is a social phenomena where we witness what we want in the world, and we have a response to it. And there's a yearning that grows. And often that happens through exposure. And when we don't know something, it can be scary, or maybe even like that not knowing is creates fear. Right? So when people think about kinky touch, or I say spanking, they only have one idea of spanking, and it doesn't sound yummy to them. And so there's like an immediate no. Whereas if you're taken into a new restaurant by someone who knows and loves the cuisine, and guided through, you can be like, Oh, I actually really love pickles. And ooh, kimchi is my new favorite version of pickles. And we get to know what's unknown to us before. And this idea of knowing what you want, there's a much bigger conversation here. in how do you arrive at the point of knowing what to ask for when a lover, you know, opens their arms and says, what now, baby, right? Like that is not an easy question for a lot of us to answer when it comes to touch or food or how we want to live or who we are in this world, right? Like all of these questions, require stimulation, require exposure to a wide range of options so we can find out how we respond to things, right? We're responsive beings and learning what kind of touch you like. You know, when you take our massage courses or our kink courses, you can explore a lot of different options, watch a video of 50 different kinds of sensory play and notice what your body says yes to, as well as where your aversions are. Those are both really rich sources of information. When it comes to erotic desires and fantasies, or even food, we need a rich pool of possibilities from which to draw from if we have any chance of being authentic, right? If you only have two choices in what to eat, you don't know what you like. And so as erotic beings, part of our practice together is like our relationship. One of our values is wide exposure, you know, seeking out new things, going on adventurous dates, going to museums, showing up where we don't know what the outcome is going to be like being willing to be in the what if of life. And one of the things I like about today's podcast episodes, when I saw this alignment with a topic, I was delighted is that both of these sponsors offer us ways of delighting ourselves with something new in a really safe way. Our two sponsors for today are Dipsy and Green Chef. Dipsy Stories is an app that is a treasure trove of erotica audio stimulation ranging from erotic stories beautifully narrated by rich voices that get you deep into like characters and fantasy worlds or sensuous soundscapes that you can drift off to sleep with there's such a wide range of stories that you can safely explore and notice what your body responds to Dipsy Stories offers you the chance to explore a wide range of erotic possibilities in the safety of your own bed while turning your mind on, relaxing your body, and arousing your senses. For listeners of this podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial of all that Dipsy has to offer when you go to dipsystories.com pleasure. That's 30 days of full access when you go to dipsystories.com pleasure. Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com pleasure. There is a link in the show notes and at pleasuremechanics.com toolbox. Thanks to Dipsy for sponsoring this episode and stimulating our erotic imaginations. Another way we like to explore and stay curious is with what we eat. Green Chef makes it easy to feed yourself what you need and what you want while exploring new flavors and combinations that you would have never arrived at by yourself. And this is one of the things I love about Green Chef is that you get to really be specific when it comes to food about what you do and don't eat what your preferences are, and then they will delight you with something new and surprising. And that balance is really a pleasure. Go to greenchef.com pleasure50 and use the code pleasure50 to get a full 50% off plus free shipping at greenchef.com pleasure50. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, and you'll find this link in our show notes, and at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. Big thanks to Dipsy and Green Chef for sponsoring this episode and for delighting us time and time again. Hmm. And I know I talk about food a lot, but it's a really beautiful parallel for sex and for touch. For this way, like we know we all need to eat, but we make a lot of allowance for how others eat and kind of accept, and maybe we don't as much as we should, right? It's very funny to me when you said earlier, like food is the realm of less judgment, Mm -hmm. because for so many people, food is so fraught still, and what we eat and what we allow ourselves there is still full of judgment, right? And so to notice that too. And are you eating what you need and want? Or are you eating what you've been told you should eat? Right? Like that's a whole other conversation that maybe a friend on a different podcast can have with you. But when we think about touch, like so many of us are existing on the touch that has been available to us without any conversation. We haven't been given a whole range of options to choose from. And we've maybe received a lot of touch that was unwanted, And we have to account for that in how we respond to touch, like how much of the touch in your life has been wanted versus unwanted, let alone curated to your specific desires. Mm. And I just want to presence that because I think we, you know, sometimes we set this vision of erotic touch curated to your specific wants and needs in that very moment, baby. Right. And that's the love we try to generate with and for each other and for the people we make love with and for the world we hold as possible. And for all of you, like we really try to present pleasure in a way that accounts for the difference and the variations that are real amongst humans, right? So how can the golden rule ever effectively guide us, this do unto others as you would have them do unto you? When I looked into the history of this rule, right? Like it does appear cross-culturally and all these different translations but most of them are this very empathetic version this version that's based on you know a sense of we all want to make one another feel good right (laughs) because we're all connected right and not a version of um, like prohibiting or prescribing specifics of what everyone needs and wants And I think that's this whitewashed version we've gotten of, like, everyone needs and wants the same thing, so don't ask for anything different or else that makes you weird and aberrant. So you're saying we're not focusing on only
1: do this or don't do this, but what do we need? Like, what do individuals need?
0: And want. And want. (laughs) Need and want. So the need is very much about your individual umwelt, right? Umwelt is this word for... Each individual organism's needs for not only sustaining life but thriving in life, mm. and the individual's experience and perception of the world, thusly, right? And so, something like lighting, every individual has a very different way of experience lighting in a room, and it's not something we just share and sit in, and it's the same for everyone, yeah. and yet kind of a lot of our culture is based on this sameness. And if you think about where we learn the golden rule, it was probably in a classroom under fluorescent lighting, maybe we're sitting at desks, all sitting in the same position, expected to behave the same way. Right. And that compliance based culture is where a lot of us learn how to be in our bodies. And compliance is not very erotic, unless you know, there's certain ways to eroticize anything. But (laughs) when it comes to touch, for example, we have all these images of sensual touch, right? And sensual touch is like light, silky, feathery touch, or maybe like aggressive, kind of like passionate, fierce touch, right? Like we have a few versions of this maybe, but it's like if this was a crayon pack, it would be like four colors. Instead of this whole wide open, three-dimensional, multi-cosmic spectrum of what is possible and what our bodies actually want and respond to. Mm -hmm. And we have to get curious about that and get real about it. And so on all of these levels, and I think like more and more with the conversation about neurodivergence and neurodiversity, We are accepting that our brains all function in very different ways and thus our bodies too, right? This brain Mm. body organism we are in. And so when we say break the golden rule, what's on the other side of that is we have to trust one another. And so when someone tells you what they want and need and like, we have to trust that that is true for them and then do our best to kind of meet that,
1: right? Right, even if it's so different than what we could imagine wanting or needing. And there's something about this worldview that does change. You talked earlier at the beginning about this idea, kind of rearranging the furniture in our brain. And it's shifting the idea that each individual has its really specific own needs and wants that we can learn and respond to. And that that means that also we do as well. And we can honor that and learn that and communicate it it just becomes a different way of seeing everyone in our world, not even just erotic partners, but like when we begin to really pay attention to what these people we care about in our world actually need in terms of, as you said, sensory input, lighting, sound, food, temperature, like everyone has such specific things that make them feel both comfortable and like really good Mm -hmm. and starting to learn that. And not even people we care about, also co-workers have different needs, you know, like there are all these ways that we actually do have to interact with people we don't care about necessarily and other people's needs. And like what happens if we all start caring about everyone else's needs to some extent, like we could really build a culture that is based around caring for one another because People are human and valuable, and we want people to be safe, respected, comfortable, and then be able to thrive. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just a slightly different orientation that we look at other people and ourselves through. Mm -hmm. And when we bring this into our bedroom, we have a much more connected, or we have the potential for a more connected, powerful, specific experience that is really honoring of that specific body and of your connection together. Right. And we have to bring curiosity to this. We have to bring not knowing. We have to bring presence and current, like we're paying attention in this moment because it's different than a week ago because of somebody's cycle, because of the temperature, because of every single factor
0: that makes up. We need the universal (laughs) asterisk that's about context, right? So our sensory experiences, our emotional experience and pleasure and arousal, are context dependent responses. And so that context is constantly shifting, and thus our responses are constantly shifting. And and as you were getting talking about that, I think it's really important that we learn one another's patterns and um, we learn one another's needs that are consistent over time. Yeah. Right? And- so something like lighting you can change the lighting in your primary bedroom space or living space to meet your specific needs more now than ever with these like apps that have like multiple lighting settings. But to give yourself permission to do that um, is actually like a pretty big act of self-care, self-love and self-eroticization. Because as we make our living environments work for us more Um, we can thrive as organisms Mm -hmm. a little bit more easily but like that's not saying like change your lighting and your life will be easy like that's ridiculous
1: no but it's using moments (laughs) of agency to change your environment to make it so that it is more comfortable and better for you well like over and over again yeah and it doesn't have to be around spending lots of money and doing like a major renovation like that's not what we're talking about we're just talking about i'm thinking about you chris like you, bright lights at night really bother you and kind of hurt yeah. and so like everywhere we go even if it's in hotels we like make the lighting lower we put blankets yeah. over light like lamps you know like we know that that's something that we need for you like when we find dimmer switches in places we're like yes
0: when well, i was just thinking i really want a little pouch of different kinds of scarves and handkerchiefs specifically for this purpose of altering lighting
1: to put over lamps and this is how it
0: can become like (laughs) a process like I've let myself do this I've let myself drape the lighting I've let myself ask friends to lower the
1: light at other other people's homes and usually they're
0: happy to do it and if we all are just like communicate more about what we need because I've also had friends who are like well if the lights are any lower I can't see and they have needs for light too and we find somewhere to meet And when it comes to erotic touch, the place where these needs meet and the confluence between everyone's getting their basic needs met, and then we can start attending to the wants and the delights and the yearnings. That's when eroticism lights up. But for a lot of us, our basic needs, our sensory needs are not being met or attended to. And when it comes to the touch we're getting, We are not getting the kind of basic, fundamental, nourishing, sustaining kinds of touch that we want. And so how do we attend to that, right? Before we get into the luxurious garnishes, right? What are the kinds of touch that are your most nourishing, sustaining, satisfying forms of touch and connection with yourself, the world around you, and the people you love? And we need to be able to answer that question instead of just kind of fumbling around by like doing unto others as we want them to do unto us. Let's ask for what we want and start getting really curious about what the others in our world need and want. Let's get specific. And from there, we can make something really beautiful with each other. Instead of doing unto others, as you would have them do unto you, we can come into a much more shiny version of the golden rule of giving other people what they are asking for and learning how to ask for what we most need and want at any given time. Mm. It's harder to fit that on a plaque, (laughs) but maybe we can come up with a pippier version. (laughs) Generosity and mutuality don't have to be symmetrical. They don't have to be balanced. Mm. And getting into that flow of giving and taking, receiving, generating together is what eroticism really can teach us. Mm -hmm. And as we practice this
1: in the bedroom, it becomes really interesting also to think about how we can practice this in our communities, how we can really value care and specificity and getting to know each other and what their needs are just as a practice of care and connection and like what the world could look like if we all offered this for each other, just incrementally a bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's a beautiful thing. And we can practice this specifically in the bedroom and beyond. Mm -hmm. And we hope this podcast has been an invitation into that idea.
0: Let us know how it lands for you. You can always tell us anything, share your stories, ask your questions at pleasuremechanics.com slash hello. You can record us a voicemail there and share your voice with us and let us know if we can use it on the podcast and share your voice with all of us, (laughs) all y'all, and you can be in touch with us at pleasuremechanics.com where you will find our entire podcast archive, all of our online courses that are waiting to guide you in your next erotic adventure, to assist you in building your vocabulary of touch and right now you can go to pleasuremechanics.com slash touch and we have a beautiful bundle awaiting for you of online courses where you can explore erotic touch for the entire human body stroke by stroke in the privacy of your own home. Give it a try at pleasuremechanics.com slash touch. And we love you and we will see you next time with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.